Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This is a Lip Media Podcast. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Stephanie. Hey, Steph. Uh, we haven't hey. spoken in a while. It feels like it's been forever. You've been away. I've been blowing up your phone, waiting yeah. for attention, and I'm finally getting in. Steph is so needy. When I'm, it's funny because we live into opposite ends of the world. But as soon as I'm like away on vacation somewhere, Steph is just so needy. Like she needs hey, to talk hey. to me all the time. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm busy. But no, this trip was, so I went home to Canada to see my family for a week. Um, and then I was in New York for a few days for work. So I was super busy. I had like a hundred missed calls from Steph um, while I was there. It's fine. <laughs> so here we are. This is the first time we've spoken. Steph, you're okay. Are you feeling better it. now I that we're... It. I'm- I've been a little melancholic without you, but I'm doing okay now. Oh, good. Um, And yeah, my trip was great, uh, minus the fact that when I got back to London, my baggage didn't make it. Yay. Mm. Um, So we're not going to do an episode on lost baggage today because at this point, my bag is still lost in the abyss somewhere. The airline has no idea where it is. They're like, it's probably in New York, but it might be in London. I'm like, well... That's not very helpful. So um, until this gets resolved, I really have no tips <laughs> or advice to <laughs> offer anyone. You know, there's some the, the one thing everyone that I, I told this happened to everyone's response was the same thing. They were like content for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're trying to. Bright uh, side. Silver yeah. lining. Yeah, exactly. So we'll follow up maybe in the next week or two i mean who knows with this airline it might be two months i don't know maybe i'll never get my shit back i feel like it'll be an amalgamation of things we've talked about there'll be a little bit of lost baggage there'll be a little bit of insurance coming into play yes i mean thankfully i got insurance Uh, i mean i think 
I think if you followed Baggage 101, they should be able to find your bag. Like, I'm sure it's a unique bag. You've got your name on it. Mm. Yeah, well, you'd think um, people like Steph and I being quote-unquote expertise travelers, you would think that I would have had um, a unique-looking bag, maybe my name tag and, like, return address on it. Uh, I don't. Mine is just a generic black suitcase. And oh, no. I didn't have my name on it. I don't know why I don't have, like, a little tag. But I, I don't. Why? I smell a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should have opted. It's funny because my bag, I, I bought it last year. And I could have opted for the bright pink one. Yeah. But, Steph, you know me. I'm not a pink I would have done that 100%. Well, yeah. But that's you. Uh, <laughs> anyways. So we'll see. My my bag is we don't know where it is, and but you know what? This is just stressing me out talking about it. So well, let's, let's move talk on. about the good stuff. Some good news. So uh, for those of you that follow us on social media, uh, you would have seen in the last week we did a little post. Um, and for those of you that don't follow us on social media, please go follow us on social media. Steph, yes, what are all our-, our accounts. You can find us by searching Shit Abroad Pod. Yes, we're on yes. everything. Um, but we could officially announce last week that we are now part of Lip Media. Um, so mm-hmm. Lip Media is a community network of podcasts by women and members of the LGBT plus community. And we could not be more excited to be part yes. of the Lip Media family. Um, you guys should definitely check them out. There's some really great podcasts that are part of this network. Yeah, some of my favorite podcasts. They got Deviant Women, whom I love those girls. Mm-hmm. They got The Gays Are Revolting, Word of the Gay. So many good podcasts that are really, all of them are so funny. I love them. Yeah, they're really good. Um, and yeah, again, just some really amazing talent on there. And um, and yeah, we're just so excited to be to be part of, part of this great network. So yeah, yes. that's the good news. Yes, shout out Lip Media. So... Jumping into this week's episode, mm-hmm. I thought we've done a lot of episodes on things we've learned, and I guess this kind of ties into that, but this week I really wanted to do some, the things we wish we knew before we started traveling, ever. So, yes. neither of us have reviewed our list we came up with, with the other one, so we don't know where this is going, so maybe mm. we'll get a little bit heavy and serious, maybe it'll be a little lighthearted, who knows, but who let's... Knows? Yeah, we've Let's just come up out. with kind of a random list of, yeah, as Steph said, things we wish we knew. Um, looking back in hindsight. Steph, I'm going to let you start. This was Steph's idea. So I wish I knew expensive countries versus inexpensive countries. Because when I started traveling, I went to all the standard destinations. I think I started right. with like London, Dublin, Paris. All the mm-hmm. most expensive countries to travel to. Yeah. For those world. of you that have never been to London or Paris. I mean, I would even say Paris is more expensive than, than London now, but it's expensive. It's things cost a lot more, especially if you're converting, you know, your dollar to the pound or dollar to the mm-hmm. euro, whatever. Um, it can really add up how well, much you're spending. And they really set the standard for me on how expensive I thought it was to travel. It wasn't until right. I really kept going and exploring more that I was like, wait a, wait a minute, why is this so cheap? And they're like, because you're not in London. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking at countries like, you know, anywhere in like Southeast Asia, probably a lot of places in South America, mm-hmm. I you really, can get by. Yeah. I just really picked, you know, the big cities, the ones you hear about all this often. And 
as you go, you realize the lesser known ones are the gems. They're more affordable. Uh, there's you, you get a lot out of it. I just had no idea. I was like, oh, good. I guess I'm going to book a flight to London. Yeah. Well, and you could even say like in the UK, yeah, London is really expensive. But once you start getting outside of London and the great, the, the big comparison everyone always does here is the cost of a pint, right? So in London, you're looking at like five or six pounds for a pint. Mm-hmm. If you start going out to like the beautiful English countryside and some of these smaller towns and you go to some of the pubs there, like a pint is like two, three pounds. But that's, you know, it goes to show you don't, you don't have to go to the big cities. You can still visit England um, or I don't know what's in a, like even France, I'm sure there's, there's places that are not as expensive when, you, but as you said, the big cities, the ones that are the, the checklist on everyone's bucket list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're pricey. They're really pricey. Yeah. I just had no idea. And I had no idea that the cheap places existed. Like I remember yeah. the first time I went to Portugal, I was just like feeling like I was stealing everything everywhere and I wanted to run away. Like I'd pay for something and want to run before they noticed. Yeah. But no, it's it's just cheap. Yeah, and that's it. Especially if we're if we're talking Europe specifically, not all of Europe is expensive. Again, I think I've I've been such a massive advocate on um, you know visiting countries in like Eastern and Central Europe. Like you go to places like Poland. Um, I went to Slovakia this year. It is cheap as shit when you're over there. Like food, drink costs nothing. You can definitely get by on a very small budget. So. Yeah, I guess if you're looking just to visit Europe and you are on a budget, maybe you can avoid London and Paris and all those hot spots. I guess they're just the hot travel spots, right? Yeah, and I mean, they're hubs to fly into, so it's certainly easier to stay where you land because these smaller places mm-hmm. require that next step to get there. Uh, but I guess I wish I knew to take that next step. I was really baby-stepping into travel and solo travel and being comfortable but I mean I would have been fine if I'd been if I dove in head first really yeah so yeah for anyone that is traveling for the first time or looking to do even like a solo trip and you are on a budget just do a bit more research look at some other uh cities and in, in again I know we're talking specifically Europe but there's a lot of countries that you can go visit that you will get by on, you know, a $10 in Thailand will get you much further than $10 in oh my gosh. Yeah. London, England. <laughs> and I did, the, I did, it's funny because I'm using Europe as the example because that's where I traveled first, but I yeah. did the exact same thing in South America. I spent a month in Brazil, month in Argentina, just because they're the two big, big South American countries when I could have done so much more outside of those places so Mm. you know lesson learned a few times yeah yeah what's first what's first on your list there andrea so my my first one and this goes kind of back into kind of what what you're saying saving money and budgeting Mm -hmm. i wish i knew about haggling in markets so i remember the first time i went to morocco and i was shopping in the sooks and i didn't realize that you could like barter with them Mm -hmm. and I visited a couple other countries after. I think um, when I was in Hong Kong, I went to the ladies' night market there. Um, and same thing. I didn't know you could, like, haggle prices. And then, yeah, the more I spoke to people that had, I don't know, visited just, like, random countries and talking about shopping in markets, everyone was talking about, like, bartering with, with people selling them stuff. And I'm like, wait, is this a thing? And then oh. when I told people about my first time going to Morocco, they're like, you didn't haggle prices with them there? I'm like... 
no, I thought that was a set price. So I wish I knew that. I had no idea. Have you gotten good and at I've, it now? Oh, definitely. It's to the point now where like, I'll go into the market. And I think, Steph, you and I have talked about this before. But like, I'll start haggling a price down. And when I convert what that actually equates to in like pounds or dollars, it's mm-hmm. like nothing. Yeah. But it's just the, I don't know, the... the it's like, I almost find haggling is like an art or a dance. Like, yeah. some people are really good at it. I'm terrible. Like, every single vendor in the world looks at me and they're like, this bitch will pay full price. They know. Yeah. Like, I try to go under, like, even a couple dollars. And they're like, no. They're like, if this price are out of my stall. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Do you remember when I was in Australia, Steph, and we went to the market in Melbourne? And I mm-hmm. was buying, like, gifts for people back home. And I think the guy, like everything was going to cost, I want to say like $40 or something. Yes. And I was like, oh, can I get this down to like maybe like 25? So he like calculated everything. He's like, let me see what I can do for you. And then he came out. He's like, I can do it for 38. Yay. (laughs) So I'm getting $2 off. And in my head, I was like, oh, it's fine. I can't be bothered right now to to haggle. But see, like uh, now that I know that in a lot of markets... You can haggle a price with them. I'll do it. Whether or not it works or not, I still do it. But I wish I'd known because, I again, the first time in Morocco, like, I'm just thinking about all the, the crap I bought. Like, it wasn't even fancy stuff. I'm like, oh, I probably could have got this for a lot cheaper. Oh, um, definitely in Morocco. They'll go way down. Yeah, exactly. So they probably thought, this chick's an idiot. Um, but yeah, guys, if you're going, I guess, again, goes back to doing your research, but if you know you're going to be in a country or city where there's markets there and you're going to do some shopping, just test it out and observe other people doing it as well. You might see people going back and forth on prices. Um, I wasn't very observant of that. I was kind of just in my own little bubble. So that's my first one. I, I yeah. I like it. Good. That didn't even come on my radar because I'm so bad at it. So I'm glad. Because you just don't do it. You You know that you can do it, but you're just so bad at it. You just don't do it, right? I'm, I don't even know how it comes out. I feel like if I start to say the words, can you give it, like, I'll just fall. Like, I'm so bad at it. Like, I'll just <laughs> drop. Ugh, awful. Well, obviously, obviously, I'm not very good at, good at it either if I only got $2 off my purchase in <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> it's a skill we're both working on. Yeah, we'll get there. All right. So next up for me, I had Naked Europeans. What? So, say that again. Naked Europeans. Oh, okay. Because a lot of my traveling when I started was in hostels. And like I said, a lot of it was in Europe. And Europeans, Mm -hmm. not all of them. I mean, but a lot of them are very comfortable just being naked and nude. And they don't have the same, you know, prudish kind of attitudes we do in North America. And so when they're getting up and getting ready, because I normally sleep in later than everyone in the hostel getting ready. Like I'm that person (laughs) that gets up at nine or ten. And they're just they'll go shower. They'll walk back. They'll be butt naked in the room, leg up on the bed, putting their body lotion on, taking their time, next leg. And they'll just be butt naked for like 20 minutes beside your bunk bed. And you're like, no, okay, okay. Like, I guess this is a thing. Do you think it's because they look better than us naked? I mean, they definitely, I maybe if I look like that naked, I would do that also. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I, I never mean, did. <laughs> That's true. I guess they're just, if you go to uh, like Portugal, we bring up again, but anytime I'm ever in Portugal, 
on the beaches the women yeah they just walk around spain is the same thing they just walk around topless it's not really a thing whereas in north america yeah if you see like anyone walking around topless on a beach it's like whoa 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 guys what's happening i see boobs right now i remember even being in uh barcelona a couple years ago mm -hmm. Uh, i was there for a festival and I was another friend of mine. She was there and I was going to go meet up with her on the beach. So she texted me. She said, Hey, we're on this beach. Um, she's like, but I'll forewarn you. This is a a nudist beach. And I'm like, that's fine. Whatever. Like we're, we're in Spain. And she's like, Oh, but the next warning is we've befriended this guy or he's sort of befriended (laughs) us and he's kind of chilling with us talking, but he's totally naked. So don't be, don't be (laughs) alarmed when you get here. So I turned up and this guy's just like, laying there on his side just very casually and he's like oh hey nice to meet you and like got up shook my hand and i'm like hey (laughs) i can see your penis but he didn't think anything of it he was just a spanish guy that was like what's up it's just a casual saturday afternoon on the beach i'm like yeah all right (laughs) and that's why i don't know if you remember but remember when you and i were in dublin so there were these two french guys in our hostel it was a small hostel room mixed dorm and there were these two guys who spoke only French. Like, we tried to speak to them earlier in the day. They had no English. And then mm-hmm. they came back. You and I were already in bed, and they came back late, and they were very clearly drunk. They got naked. I just remember them walking around naked, and I was on the bottom bunk. So oh, right. it was just, like, naked. You saw everything. Right there. And <laughs> they went to bed, whatever, no problem. You're going to remember these guys in a second, because they got up in the middle of the night, and they were so hungover from drinking so much. And they kept, they yeah. were just walking around our room going, water, water. <laughs> Which was and funny because why were they, they saying it in English? In, yeah. Why were, like, were, maybe they did want us to get them water. Cause yeah, these guys spoke no English and suddenly hungover in the middle of the night, they yeah. reverted to English. Yeah. They knew how to say water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I do remember that. And, but yeah, they were, they were just roaming around the room completely naked looking for water like I sort of woke up I was on the top bunk and I looked down I'm like what is happening right now and I got but Steph you got I guess you would have had a full show down there definitely and they were it like it wasn't like they were just going to the washroom to get a glass of water they were still probably quite drunk and just walking from wall to wall back and forth in the hostel room (laughs) saying water they weren't getting water they weren't they were just like, oh, I bumped into a wall. I guess I'm going to walk backwards now. Like, and I was just like, oh, what are these? These, this is, these are the French. Yeah, just put some clothes on. But yeah, we're not used to it. But in Europe, yeah, you're right. People are, they don't give a shit. Yeah. They'll let everything hang out. Again, I feel like it's because they look better than North Americans. <laughs> I mean, I'm not disagreeing. They don't have... They don't have like super size uh, McDonald's orders in Europe. That's not a thing. There's a yeah. reason that North Americans are yeah. obese. <laughs> yeah. oh, I damn. mean, and no shame. Hey, even if you you know you don't have a great European ass, let it all hang out if you want. When you're in Europe, no one cares. Yeah, that's true. So what 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 do you got for us now, Andrea? Give okay, me my my next one is. I wish I knew about African time while I was in Tanzania. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, it's a term. I do, but I feel like everyone has like, you're on Caribbean time. Yeah, but I didn't know when I was in Tanzania, I didn't understand African time. I didn't learn about what this concept was until after (laughs) I came back. And it's an actual term 
I didn't know about this. <laughs> this is the whole idea of this podcast, but you're saying I should have known about it? <laughs> no, but there's also a term like Jamaican time, and there's also, and it always means, man, we'll get there when we get there. Like, yeah, we said right. five. We're here at six. Yeah. Well, I've never been to Jamaica or... <laughs> oh. So I'm talking about what's known as African time. <laughs> so you were obviously that person who showed up to everything on time. And we're, and we're right. like, why? But not even that. Like, anytime we ordered a car, like, they were yeah. late. Like, everything was late. And I'm like, why is... You know, as North Americans, yes. we are taught to be punctual and, and all about timekeeping and, you know, being on time. If you're late for school... If you're late for work, you get in trouble for mm-hmm. that. But when I was, I remember being in Tanzania, not only was it things, yeah, like I said, cars picking you up or what time dinner was that. But when we were climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, the most infuriating thing during the day. So we'd be walking and we're like, hey, you know, what time are we going to get to base camp? Like how, how much more time? You're exhausted when you're walking for hours. Yep. In. And I remember every time our tour guide, they'd be like, yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah. And so for the first two days, we'd be like, all right, 20 minutes, we're almost there. And it was not 20 minutes. It was always like two hours. <laughs> and so we we quickly learned, okay, 20 minutes actually means two hours. I mean, it didn't necessarily. But every time you would ask one of the guides how long until anything, it was always the generic 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Everything's 20 minutes. And they have no idea the concept of 20 minutes. <laughs> so that made me laugh. Yeah, it wasn't until I got back. And I, I mentioned that to someone who had, who'd been there, you know, obviously been to Africa. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's known as African time. That's They're just re- very chilled about it. They're very relaxed on timekeeping. And they're not very punctual. But it's a very yeah, laid back. Uh, and as you said, Steph, it's, I'm, it's like that in other countries as well. But yeah, I guess if you don't know, you don't know. Well, yeah. If you don't know, now you know. Don't finish the end of that lyric I don't, I don't know the next lyric to be honest and as I was singing oh. I'm like do we have to edit this out like is this copy like are we but no it's fine <laughs> you can quote lyrics it's perfectly fine oh good stuff yes yeah, so African time just uh, that would drive me crazy because I'm someone who's not just always on time but I always show up early and I oh, get same. an eye twitch when there's so, like if it's if we're meeting at seven and it's 6 59 and someone's not there yet I'm like okay they better not be late yeah 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 i'm the same so don't don't count on it if you go uh if you go to africa (laughs) (laughs) i mean i was only in tanzania but again this is uh from what i've heard it's they're like yeah yeah, it's everywhere (laughs) like it's just it's just so chilled out there they're probably like these canadians need to relax (laughs) yeah relax 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 yeah 20 minutes 20 minutes (laughs) 20 minutes (laughs) oh good stuff well speaking of tanzania all right next one my next one yeah came to a head in tanzania so the one thing growing up the one thing you don't think about is toilets and Mm. you know we grew up we got the seated toilets where you sit and it's funny because you see a lot of travelers post photos of funny bathroom signs like do not squat on the toilet do not stand on the toilet and it seems so funny but then when you travel to other countries and you realize they don't have these seated toilets they have there's either toilets in the ground. There's like toilets that are just holes. Like squatters. Yeah, there's ones that look like urinals, yeah. but they're flat on the ground and elongated. Like they almost look like a baby bat. Like there's so many different kinds. Yeah. And when I first started encountering them, I avoided them like the plague. I'm like, I'm not going to do this. I'm just because a lot of the uh, Southeast Asian airports I've been to, they have the floor level toilets. And then they'll have two right. stalls of the kind of North American style toilets. 
And so I'd always mm-hmm. just use the two stalls. But when I was in Tanzania on my safari, there was one night where we were out in the middle of nowhere. And there was, I guess people could go there to camp, but it wasn't set up, set up. But they dug one of these in the ground toilets and installed one. So, of course, my mm. first time using it is me and two girlfriends and we had to have flashlights because there's no lighting in these bathrooms. So they had to like, they shone their flashlights around the door corner so I could have a light. And of course you're thinking about spiders. This is basically like four walls just in the middle of the Serengeti. Yeah. And I had to use the full on squatter with light from two flashlights and sort it out on your own. And I dropped my water bottle in the toilet. (laughs) Oh, did you retrieve it? <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, oh, I dropped it. I was like, there was... How did... I, let's not get into details, but it was not <laughs> a pleasant experience. But I realized it is because there's studies that say that the squatting method is actually anatomically better for your body than a seated toilet. Oh, well, especially for a number two. Well... You know that you know they've got this thing now. It's called a squatty potty. Oh. Do you know what that is? No. You can buy them for like your bathroom at home and it's basically a little stool that props your legs up to the perfect angle as you would be when you're like pooping in a a squatter yeah yeah I just it's great I know someone that has one he says it's amazing well honestly after you after you use the the floor level ones for a while you realize it it does even feel better for your body but I realized too why so many people stay in better shape like you got to be a bit fit to be able to squat for a while. <laughs> you, you need good quads and good glutes because yeah. you're basically in a squat position. And if you're doing that a couple times a day, that's that's a workout in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Two times a day to stay healthy, guys. <laughs> if you're not doing it two times a day, then you need to get your shit checked out. The thing is... Literally, your shit. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I got to say, though, is... like. I didn't know these existed. So when I first saw them and the first couple times, I didn't comfortably know how to use. Like, I still never used a bidet. I was just going to say. I know people. Bidet. Who, I, I've never used one. I know people who swear by them. They love them. And I envision like just it. It's not pretty what I envision. Let's just say that. Well. And I just don't understand. <laughs> well, OK. And I've never used one either. But my friend. It's actually the same friend that has the squatty potty, funny enough. Um, yeah. He has a theory, right? Because he, he's big on using a bidet. And he has this theory, yeah. right? If, say, a bird shit on you. Yes. And you needed you needed to clean it off. Yep. What would you do? Would you get a dry napkin or would you get, like, a wet one? I'd get a wet and one. actually, huh? I'd get a wet one. Right, exactly. Like, you would get stuff to actually wipe that off with, not a... So his theory huh. is... Your butt, <laughs> when you're wiping yourself after number two, it's the same theory. Why would you just grab a dry? I guess I'm just envisioning you know, people would... who don't have like healthy formed and it's just making it worse than better. That's what I'm envisioning. I mean, it's essentially hosing off your butthole. Yeah. <laughs> it's like getting right up in there. It makes sense. I mean, again, Steph. We need to try a bidet, <laughs> and maybe we do a whole episode on bidets. <laughs> you I, go I've first. Never, I've never. I've been to. I, I will. I've, I've been to so many places um, that, 
Like even in Milan recently, we had a bidet. Mm-hmm. We had a bidet in both the bathrooms. Did any of us use it? No, I don't know why. It's intimidating I if you have it. it. Well, that's the thing is like no one tells you how to do it properly. So I'm envisioning like some bathroom shower, shitty shower going on somehow. Like I know that's probably not logical, but Steph, do you remember we had a friend growing up? And her grandma had a bidet? No, I didn't know she had a bidet. Her grandma had a bidet in the bathroom. Oh. They were a Portuguese family. Yeah. Por- so I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like, we should have tried it back then. Yeah. A lot of chat about bidets. And that was a lot of, lot of toilet. <laughs> My next one, and this is, oh, this one's really bad. And I oh. hate to admit it, but it's the truth. Yeah. Um, I wish I knew not to ride the elephants in Thailand. Oh, you know what? I think so many people, as we're becoming yeah. more socially aware of so many things, would say the exact same thing. So, yep. don't dwell. Like, I, yeah. I know. It's one of those really awful ones. That So when I first went to Thailand, I did. I went to what I was told was an elephant sanctuary. Um, and, you know, we went and got to feed them and bathe them and everything. And then we took rides on them. And yeah. I have pictures of me riding elephants and thinking back, like it, I'm as I'm saying this, like it's just making me cringe. Mm-hmm. I did, I didn't know that this is totally unacceptable. Um, and what happens in Thailand? They do, they will market these places where you go see the elephants as a sanctuary and make you think that hey, they're taking care of them there. Most of the time, they are not. Mm-hmm. These elephants are pulled out of the wild. Um, I mean, I should have known the place we went as well. Like the elephants, most of them were chained up by their feet. Um, I'm, and I'm thinking, how can this be a sanctuary if they're everything in hindsight? Right. And then the more I kind of researched this stuff as I got back, I realized I'm like, wait, this isn't okay. But at the time I feel like there wasn't, we didn't talk about it as much. Like now I feel like most people do know. Mm-hmm. not to go when you went to thailand stuff was it when did you like, i don't know what year you went i was there in 2015 and i did know at that point not to ride the elephants and it yeah. was heartbreaking because you drive down the road too and you see baby elephants chained up to a tree for pe- tourists and there are tourists who get out to go take photos um yeah and that's why i think the message just needs to be shared so i'm glad you actually said this one to be honest because a lot of people in tra- Thailand now is a first time traveler place for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. someone needs to tell them if you don't know. And this yeah. is your first time seeing an elephant close up. It's incredible. It's beautiful. But you need to be aware and be smart. And I think two of the things you just said are the telltale signs of a quote unquote sanctuary not being one is chains and rides because the sanctuaries yeah. that are really helping save elephants that can no longer live in the wild and have been abused or coming out of circuses or however and are just letting them live out their natural life they won't let anyone yeah, ride they won't let anyone ride it that, like right yeah because the and you should i i there was someone i know that recently went to thailand and this person put videos and photos up of them riding the mm. elephants and i i hate to be that person that like yeah you know, messages someone to ruin their vacation. But I'm like, this is one of those things that mm-hmm. I feel like I need to say. And so I sent them a message being like, hey, like you really shouldn't ride the elephants. And I and I said, I put my hands up. I'm like, I made that mistake the first time I went as well. So like, I'm not here, yeah, you know, shitting on you about it. But just in case you don't know, but this person was like, well, no, I did know that. <gasps> but he's like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of torn because, you know, this place we're at, it's genuinely a sanctuary. Da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, dude. 
it's not a sanctuary if they're letting you ride the elephants. They're telling you that. Yeah. It's not true. Yeah. Anywhere that lets you ride the elephants, it is not a fucking sanctuary. They are not, they don't have the elephants' best interests at heart. They are there to make money off of tourists Mm -hmm. and dupe tourists like they did with me and this other guy and make you think, and they're very good at making you think that these places are some sanctuary and like the elephants are super happy. They're not happy if they're chained up and being ridden God knows how many times a day. And that's not what they're there for. So anywhere guys, if anyone tries to tell you, yeah, it's fine. We can ride the elephants. It's not okay. Don't do it. And don't give your money to these places. Well, and we actually have an episode coming up on different animal encounters in the world around the world. Yeah. And how do you, I know there's people who are on one end of it of, well, I don't want it to go into too much because we're going to do an episode on it. But it's it's a very real and valid issue all around the world. And it's mm-hmm. a battle between educating people on animals and exploiting animals. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that more coming up. Yeah. Oh, and don't don't judge me, guys. I feel really bad about saying this one. But, hey, it's the truth. I mean, genuinely, out of my entire list, that was the one where I'm like, I fucking wish I knew that. Yeah. More than any of these other things before I went. And now I know. Well, I mean, tourists are becoming more socially aware. So that's a a good thing. I mean, these animals have been exploited for centuries. And we're seeing a shift. So that's a good thing. Call people out for it as well, like I did. Yeah. I feel like you need to do it. Some people don't know. You know, you don't need to call them out in a a shitty way. You can be like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but. Well, my final one, not as Mm heavy. It's a little heavy, but in a different way. Was the one thing I wish I knew is why I'm traveling. And I have to say, because I didn't really start traveling, I'd say, until I was 26. So I had, I'd been to a couple places. I mean, I'd gone to Cuba with my friends. My parents had taken me here and there growing up. But I mean, really Mm. traveling and getting out to see the world. Because up until I was 26, you know, I was in a relationship and didn't really go almost anywhere. And then right. suddenly it was like I had this newfound freedom and I wanted to go everywhere. And Once you were free. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't know why I was doing it then. I think I was doing it then because I felt like I'd, I felt like I was 10 years behind, not 10 years behind. I was 26. I felt like a lot of people go out and do this when they're 19 or 20. And all of a sudden I had this life moment of feeling like I was like seven or eight years behind what other people were doing in life, mm-hmm. which is a bit silly Because for me, I think if I'd gone and tried to do this when I was 19 or 20 for who I was back then, I would have gone to all these destinations, got drunk, partied, clubbed, and really done the same things I could do in Toronto if I wanted and not gotten anything out of it. You probably weren't at the same, like mentally prepared in terms of maybe mentally prepared is not the right term, but emotionally or mature enough yeah exactly that's it yeah yeah so I really wasn't mature so I'm actually glad I didn't start traveling until I was 26 I definitely wasn't behind and everywhere I've gone I've learned things I've got things out of it um because I'm a very spontaneous person so yeah and I'm impulsive like as you know I called you the other I called you while you were at dinner with your parents and you didn't answer so I called your sister I'm like I'm booking a flight to (laughs) London right now like will you be there yeah that's right um, uh, out of her neediness in the last week, I just got a message going, Hey, I'm coming to London in March. I'm like, Oh, great. Perfect. Um, but I'm very impulsive and I'm very spontaneous, which I think in a lot of ways now in my life is a good thing. But 
if I had done this when I was younger, it wouldn't have been. So, well, just think about our first trip together. What did we actually do? And we were 24, 25. We, uh, we spent a lot of time drinking. We didn't see a hell of a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't. That's it. Like, it, and I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Like, I'm yeah. kind of the same. Like, when I travel now, I'm at an age and a maturity level that, like, hey, I actually want to experience things and see things versus, I guess, that you, you do see a lot of people do, like, gap years. And I do sometimes wonder, like, uh, and, and not I, them, but I'm like, if that was me at 19, oh, I, I'm, this, I'm with you on that. I know exactly what I would have been doing for a year of traveling, and it probably would be seeing a lot or experience a lot it would be hey i'm partying for a year yeah like and i mean like i'm totally supportive of 19 20 year olds going on a gap year or traveling around europe and partying too just get more out of it yeah just don't let that be the only thing you do so i guess what i wish i'd known was to every time before i go somewhere be self-aware to ask myself what do i want out of this yeah um yeah that's you should and you should keep doing that oh always forever yeah. Yeah. Forever. Forever and ever. Forever ever. You're really loving the <laughs> lyric quotes today, aren't you? I, every day. <laughs> um, I do work um, in the music industry. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, and that's kind of it, which I think is a good question for anyone to ask anytime they're going anywhere to just, you know, really, what do you want to get out of it? Like, obviously you and I always go out and have like wine nights and I was thinking when you were here, one of our best nights was in Robe, Robe, South Australia, where, to be honest, that was the one place we went where there wasn't much to do. But, I mean, that was you and I catching oh, yeah. up, too, and it was lovely. Yeah, you could do a mix. Yeah. You know, you can experience loads and then still drink a fuckload of wine like we did. <laughs> yeah, so that that's actually what I wrote down. Those were, those were my oh. four key when I was brainstorming things I wish I knew that was it yeah I mean there's so many others I feel like again we can definitely do a few more episodes on this because it's very hard to fit in again hindsight is a beautiful thing and I have so many examples of hey I wish I knew this I wish I I mean sometimes there's things I do already know and I just don't act on them like putting a name tag on my suitcase that's now lost in New York. We've come full circle. And with that, I feel it is time to bid everyone adieu. Yep. Um, let us know, guys, if you have anything you wish you knew before you traveled. Definitely. What are some of the the life lessons that you've had to maybe learn the hard way on your travels? Sweet. Yeah, definitely hit us up. As we mentioned, Shit Abroad Pod on all the main social medias. We want to hear from you. If you have any requests, let us know. Great. Thanks for listening. Later. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit Have Learned Abroad Pod. Donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 